By now, everyone knows the story. Justin Moen decapitated his father. What does anyone say to that? What do I say to that? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to say. And it's not going to be the empty commentary on the 6 o'clock corporate news. I want to say something to you that I feel is much more rational and human. And you really want to listen to what I'm going to tell you. Because what I'm going to say may not only save you a great deal of misery, it may even save your life. For what it's worth, there is something to be learned from this tragedy. Were the actions of Justin Mon monstrous? Absolutely. Is Justin Mon a monster? Absolutely not. What he is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, however, is mentally ill. Sometimes, society's knee-jerk reaction disappoints me. Because the question the majority of people are asking is how the hell can someone do something like this? How the hell does someone decapitate someone, let alone their own father? What I believe, however, should be equally concerning is not the question being asked about how the hell could this man have done this, but given the circumstances, how Justin Moen could not have been expected to do so. I don't claim to be a man of letters in this field, yet I do know a fair bit about the subject. So once again, allow me to give you my inestimable opinion. I predict that after everything is said and done, the powers that be will determine that Justin Moen is insane. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Most people agree that someone who deliberately decapitates another person's head, especially their own father's, is obviously crazy. But what won't be discussed is why Justin was in that house in the first place. But fortunately for you, I will explain it. There are two distinct possibilities. Ignorance of certain mental illnesses and denial. Both very common and both very bad. Generally speaking, people who commit horrible acts such as this one are suffering from one or more severe personality disorders, which I'll talk about in a moment. I'll tell you straight up, there are certain mental disorders that are not only disruptive and destructive to the people that have them, but also to anyone around them. I can tell you from personal experience that if you have ever lived with someone with a personality disorder, it is unforgettable because your life becomes a whirlwind of drama, chaos, and unpredictability so intense that all you want to do is get the hell away from it. According to Professor Sam Vaknin, psychologist extraordinaire, who I have done previous episodes on personality disorders, such as psychopathy, malignant narcissism, schizophrenia, and borderline personality disorder, 
among several others, are all known as Cluster B psychological disorders. And unlike other psychological disorders, such as depression or anxiety, which are Cluster C psychological disorders, Cluster B disorders do not respond very well, if at all, to therapy. And the unpleasant truth is that the best course of action, well, according to Professor Vagnan, in dealing with people who have Cluster B disorders is to isolate them from the general population. Now, let that sink in for a moment. This is coming from a world-renowned psychologist. What he is saying loud and clear is as far as people with personality disorders are concerned, your best course of action is to stay the fuck away from them. And you certainly don't want them living in your home. Just listen to my personal story. Many years ago, I knew a woman named Claire. And she had a son named Kirk, and he was 28 years old at the time. Kirk was living with his mother because Kirk could never seem to get his life together or have any stability. But if you asked Kirk, this problem was always the world. It was always external. He was the perpetual victim. I had a strong suspicion that Kirk was a sociopath. Just a few short years later, Kirk once again got in trouble with the law for something utterly stupid. A court-ordered psychological evaluation was done, and he was diagnosed with having antisocial personality disorder, otherwise known as psychopathy. So even after the psychological evaluation, and her son was diagnosed with psychopathy, Claire continued to live in denial. She allowed him to live with her, even though that was often unpleasant for Claire, because Kirk seemed to enjoy annoying his mother. And now he's around 32 years old, pays for nothing, and has no interest and looking for a job. Even though Claire has been told by friends and family members alike that Kirk was simply no good, and she really shouldn't allow him to keep living with her, and even after a court psychologist analysis showed that he was a sociopath, she was still blinded because she actually believed and accepted the story that Kirk had convinced her of, that he wasn't the problem, the world was. Unfortunately for Claire, because she lived in denial, that denial of reality would eventually cost her her life. One of the things that Claire and Kirk used to argue about was Kirk's smoking. Actually, it was the fact that Claire didn't think that she should have to pay for Kirk's smoking habit, which really pissed Kirk off. So one day, Claire's daughter called police to request a safety check on her mom. 
because she had called many times and she knew that her mom or Kirk would always answer the phone. But no one was answering, so something was wrong. So when the police came and they knocked on the door, Kirk hollered from the living room for them to come on in. So when they came in, they explained that they were doing a welfare check. The report noted that Kirk was watching TV, drinking beer, and eating a sandwich. So when they asked him where his mother was, he told them, without even looking away from the TV show he was watching, that she was in the bathroom. When they went to the bathroom and they got no answer, so they went inside and instantly found Claire's body in the shower. At the interview at the police station, an unemotional Kirk admitted to killing his mother and how it had happened. He said he had asked her for money for cigarettes, and she started bitching and giving him a hard time. That really pissed him off, because he knew she had the money. So when she started taking a shower, he went into the kitchen and got a rolling pin. Then he went into the bathroom and beat her to death with it. He then said he went into her purse and took out all the cash, which was $38. And he took the car to go to the store to get a pack of cigarettes, some beer, and a box of donuts. Now, to give you a clear picture of just how twisted the perception of reality is in someone with a personality disorder, when police asked Kirk if he had any regrets about killing his mother, Kirk said he thought it was unfortunate that she was dead, but it wasn't really his fault. I knew she had the money. All the old bitch had to do was give me some money for the smokes, and none of this would have happened. So yeah, it's not really my fault, but I think she learned a valuable lesson. Other than the names being changed, everything I told you in this story is 100% true. I hope it helps you to better understand how these things happen and why you don't want a friend or family member who has a personality disorder living with you. Something Justin Moen's father found out far too late. Until next Monday or Friday, this is Ernest, wishing you peace and good things.